You are listening to the Sincerely Being podcast by Eden and Callie. Hello and welcome back to the Sincerely Being podcast. Good morning. Good morning. It's been a few weeks since we've recorded actually because exciting things were happening. What happened, Eden? I got engaged. And it was a very pleasant surprise. I knew we were going away for the weekend, but I was not expecting that Yeah, as well. So, so I'm fun. still basking in it. That was a week ago today. So a huge congratulations. Thank you. Finishing this year off with a bang, that's for sure. Pregnant and shotgun wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, when it comes to the wedding, we're both like maybe 2025, yeah. maybe even later. <laughs> just overwhelming to think about so yeah because actually were you saying that Ben wanted to do it a little bit more not the wedding traditionally but like to get married first and then get pregnant was that yeah in the beginning beginning, yeah um I think that was that just came to me yeah because we were talking about that earlier this year how he knew it was important to me to like start a family and all of that but prior to meeting me he was kind of like I always envisioned doing it the traditional way yeah but I think at the end of the day he's like it's gonna be what it's gonna be (laughs) especially because now I remember he wanted to meet your family first yes and then thinking about wanting to be pregnant yeah you put your guards down as soon as you went over there yeah I guess it's like (laughs) I'm gonna get in first and have a baby (laughs) well it's so funny because take away the control from you it completely eaten well, he joked about how he kind of used me. Obviously, this is fictitious, but like those were his words as a joke. He used me to be able to buy a house. Yeah. I used him <laughs> to be able to have a child. The, the baby daddy. Yeah. The producer of a child. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you definitely got me better than I got you. Yeah. And he's like, so I figured let's just get married too. <laughs> and I was I'm, like, I'm fucked either way. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you, you're going to put those in your vows? <laughs> imagine that. Oh, and he would. Good. I was like, going to say, I can imagine. Probably will. Yeah. <laughs> I could see my mom just not understanding any sarcasm being like, oh, yeah. Aiden's really going to marry him? Yeah. Like, <laughs> she okay with yeah, this? Yeah. Like, are you <laughs> listening to what he's saying? <laughs> mom, I got it. I'm yeah. <laughs> so funny hey I'm moving on a little bit from there Mm. so since having our chat with Emily about human design so Emily had said that she'd never met a ego ego projector in the six years it's just never happened Mm -hmm. and she wasn't sure if it even happens yeah and it turns out my partner Ben is an ego projector I even texted him when I was editing Nicole shit. I was like, you're such a rarity in human design. And he's just like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, you're like, okay, well, it's really cool. (laughs) Trust me. And you had a little bit of a a chat um with Emily about it. Did she mention what it meant or not a lot? Not really. I'd love to pick her brains a little bit more in the future about it. But yeah, she pretty much was just like, that's so cool. And now I know. And I was like, if you ever want to use his chart as an example, there you go. in touch with me. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I've got your back. (laughs) Yeah. 
Okay. But what has been going on with you since we chatted last? Mm. Well, I guess hadn't ever really spoken on here about me starting up with the other woman. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of background information. I'd been doing my content creation for my personal Instagram and I'd actually been pulling it in that Mm -hmm. I wanted to work as a content creator for someone. Like I I wanted to do the curating of products and the beautiful settings for someone and I'd called it in. It happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, Turns out it's the wrong timing, but um, I guess a couple of months ago now, a woman that I had met many lifetimes ago and we'd crossed paths here and there throughout the different years, she had bought a block of land and created a business out of it. And then through that, she was doing some styling stuff. So she wanted to build a, I guess, kind of like a homewares mm. brand business of so bringing in products. And she asked me to come in to be able to create the content for these products. She was building it up, but to get the beginning of it up and running, like sending out samples, getting the products on the website, give them names, take photos of them, what they Mm -hmm. are and all those sorts of things. So we've got all of that organization in the background. We'd started doing that. I loved it. It was fucking epic. Mm-hmm. There, but there was too long of a gap in between, like, getting together. I was like, come on, let's just make this happen. I was like, I'm so keen. But then with that, so it didn't turn out because, I guess, for her, a couple of things didn't fall into place just yet. So there's just going to be a bit of a hold until that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's had to let me go, which is fine because, you know, I'd started doing it, but... I was like, how on earth do people have a life, keep their house in order, keep their diet in order, you know, exercise and all the other things as well as have a kid. Yeah. I was just like, holy fuck. Because like now I don't work at the moment. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how the fuck, how did I ever work, let alone have a life? Because I don't know about you. I started off at full-time work and then I went down to four days a week and wondered how I did five days a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then went down to three days a week. And I was like, how the fuck did I do four, let alone five days a week? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've spoken to a bunch of other people who felt the same. But yeah, now kind of with Elle, I think at her stage of her life, it's a lot of energy. And as a parent, because everything's been so intentional, she's kind of requiring a lot of attention. And, you know, the first stages of their life, zero to seven, they're really beautiful times of their lives and I guess Mm. I want to be there for her but when I started doing this role with the other woman it was just taking a lot of my time away and so on the days that Elle was at daycare I was working with her so the days off when I was with Elle I was dead. So tired. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Ella, I just want to stay here. So I wasn't giving her the attention that I wanted to provide for her. Yeah. As well as keep my own energy levels high and all of that. So yeah. Yeah. It was perfect timing that it just dissipated because it just wasn't happening. Well, you had even said to me prior to it ending or her letting you go that you were maybe wanting to just pull the reins yourself. Yeah. So you yeah. kind of checked out of the idea yeah. prior to, but. <laughs> maybe the universe saw that that might be a challenging thing for you and just made it happen Yeah, <laughs> on the other end. Yeah. So, but yeah. it's cool that it happened so fast that I called it in. But outside of that, like now it's kind of what do I create? Because, you know, you can't destroy a thing without another thing coming to replace it. So right. it's like, what do I now want to replace that with? So I've been, I guess, figuring that out, which is a fun process. 
Well, a lot, I guess, in the way of transitions for both of us mm-hmm. in different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all exciting. It's all positive. I mean, I think there's positive in any situation. It just depends how you look at it, but it feels it feels good for me anyway. And I think you're exploring how that feels still maybe for yes. you. Yes. yes. Yeah. Which is kind of fun because even though when I let nursing go, I had to figure out who I was, but that was, I think I was a mum. So I was kind True. of just like my attention's there. And you kind of not lose yourself, but you do lose a part of you because it's yeah. like whatever you were doing beforehand is not what you're going to be doing now type thing. Um, So yeah, it's just another period of adjusting to Mm -hmm. what do I want to become? And it feels really exciting. feels really fucking expansive. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so good. And I think something to celebrate is that you have created a life where you can just take the time you need to decide. Cause mm-hmm. I think maybe some people don't have that same option. Like they might be the sole income provider and might not have the option to like take a bit of space. And so I think you've created that for yourself mm-hmm. to have that space and time without any financial stress or whatever stress comes with not getting income steadily to decide on your next venture. Now you say that I've actually remembered that I'd always wanted to call this in this part of my life of not having to do anything necessarily. Mm. I don't know how long ago that was. That's cool that I've got it. Yeah. And like, I don't feel any need to have to work. Yeah. As in like, when I say need that, you know, financially that we have to. Yeah. It's like, I want to do yeah. stuff but yeah Come. yeah so anyway what are we talking about today enough about me let's talk about you <laughs> well I am 18 weeks pregnant now <laughs> crazy that's gone so fast it's gone so fast now that I'm feeling better and that brings me to introduce the topic of this episode which is my second trimester experiences journey whatever you want to call it. If you haven't already listened to my first trimester, I can link that in the description below. Go listen now. (laughs) It's a fun one. The conception was a fun part to listen to, I'd say. Conception is always fun, right? Yeah. Well, you'd want it to be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, And you will know if you've listened to that episode that I wasn't really feeling very good during the first trimester, which is quite common. Who even were you? I I was like this very blobby, not just blobby physically, but like mentally, like I felt so flat and not myself. And it was an interesting ride. But I guess looking back, does it make sense to you that like, if you look at it objectively, from a biological experience that it makes sense that you'd be feeling that way if your body has never done it before it knows exactly what to do Mm -hmm. like you've got to give it that credit but if it's never been doing that before and starting a whole brand new life Mm -hmm. makes sense that you will feel like that yeah and it was like I said the big cool thing was the mental piece I've never experienced it before so it was just a lot of change and like what do I do with this type thing like this is so new for me and new feelings and new experiences and emotions and yeah obviously very positive and grateful for getting this far and getting pregnant and all of that something we've wanted so yeah I can tell you it was literally 
overnight between first and second trimester that I woke up and felt good. I wasn't even expecting that because people around me were saying, don't expect to all of a sudden feel good as soon as you're in second trimester, because it <laughs> doesn't always happen. I'll show you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hold my drink which is cool though because like based on uh your business side of things Mm. again kind of like with my pregnancy journey Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if you want to be able to show people that it's able to be done differently you know it's not always shit you can feel yeah amazing overnight yeah and I guess that's an example of how we are surrounded by people instilling like negativity and fear into pregnant women or new moms or going into the birthing experience. Can I throw in a reframe here? Yes. What comes up is that, you know, obviously none of us are intentionally being negative. No. I feel like it's just, it's been ingrained and said to us over so many generations. And on top of that, people around you so you hear it so many Mm. times that people want to tell you the worst just so it's a protective thing yeah but also is it a people-pleasing thing that you take it on as a belief Mm. because we're sort of like oh you know if I'm doing well then I don't want to make you feel shit so it's like yeah I will take that on as a belief totally yeah because we have been people pleasers for the last fucking I don't know how long, but, you know, we're all realising how much of people pleasers we have become. Mm-hmm. And then because of that, we're figuring out what our feelings are and, like, pulling it apart. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just like a an insight of maybe what's happening. Mm-hmm. I feel like totally. my hand movements are doing <laughs> something fucking crazy, but, like, just getting the information Yeah, out. no, that that makes total sense. And I think even going back to the people pleasing, it's also we've been ingrained to feel guilty if we're doing better or we don't want to gloat about something or not even like we're meaning to gloat or whatever, but that's what we're made to feel like maybe tiptoe a little bit around your successes, that negative outlook towards celebrating your wins that I think we're getting better with over time. But at least for me, I mean, going back to our last episode, I wanted to do a trigger warning because I was like, (laughs) my conception was actually a lot smoother than I know a lot of people's were. And I just felt, yeah, that guilt or that, like, I want to tiptoe around it. I want to be mindful, but yeah. Then you obviously brought in the reframe of, well, it should be celebrated and yeah, we want to talk about it so that people feel like it's okay to have your way to have a, yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. if it's not okay, then it's like, well, let's explore, explore that. It. Yeah. yeah. Let's chat about it. Let's yeah. see. Like, Open what's it up. On. Totally. Get curious. Yeah. So it did happen for me overnight, which was great. I woke up one day and it was the day I was going to have a coffee. <laughs> it was like, I actually feel like coffee and the smell doesn't repulse me. And so I got a coffee and I'm like, oh my God normality I've missed you (laughs) I've missed the ritual around it and um the energy came back like right away as well and the nausea was just gone wait this was before the coffee right the feeling energetic right away (laughs) the coffee hit oh good point actually (laughs) (laughs) well 
Who knows? You, you, you weren't feeling <laughs> nauseous. I so, wasn't yeah. needing to have naps multiple times yeah. a day, um, <laughs> but you have a point. I have started <laughs> in taking caffeine again <laughs> and just eating more nourishing food. So I think that does go hand in hand with feeling energized when you're like able to move and eat wholesome high vibration foods. Wait, so I'm not sure that we spoke about how you changed your food in the first trimester. Okay. I don't recall talking about if you. Yeah, you're right. We might not have gone into it very deeply, but I can just do a little. What did you feel like? And what would you have normally eaten and that you just didn't feel cool to eat anymore? I'm pretty ritualistic. I don't even know if that's a word, but I eat similar things every day, essentially with maybe slight modifications. And I love waking up and having like some wholesome oatmeal with some fruit and then a coffee, obviously, even if it's a decaf, like something warm and frothy. And then lunch is usually some sort of veggie dense stir fry or salad or Buddha bowl of some sort. And then dinner is quite similar to lunch. And I have some protein on those as well, either plant-based or fish or chicken or eggs. <laughs> so that's a normal day in that the life, pre- pre-pregnancy and actually how I'm eating now. But first trimester, I would wake up and I would want to eat a croissant <laughs> and <laughs> It's so funny because now when I go to a cafe, like I don't even look at the croissants. Like I have no interest in having one. I don't know. I just, I don't gravitate towards those foods. And that was normally Because you felt. don't eat gluten. I don't like eat you gluten just, or dairy. You just choose not to. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't eaten dairy for years and gluten's been at least four years. So it's been a while. So what did Ben call you when you decided to have a <laughs> croissant? <laughs> oh my God. He was literally like, I didn't think I could be more in love with you. Like, you're so fun. We can go to bakeries and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> I don't, I feel like he did actually. He called, what, he called me something. My like dairy gluten loving something. I don't know. But anyway, it's it was just funny because the foods I gravitated towards, yeah, were not like anything I usually do, but I also just surrendered to it. And I think we talked a little bit about that in the previous pregnancy episode about how I've obviously come a long way in my restrictive mentality that I've had around food Mm -hmm. in my past. And that would have caused me like so much anxiety, Mm -hmm. but I guess I didn't done all the mindset work through this journey in order for you to become fertile. It had given you this ability to drop into Totally. The surrender of like, okay, well, so be it. Yeah. Yeah. But the mental health piece in the first trimester came around the fact that I had expectations on fueling my body the same way as I did <laughs> previously because of how I wanted to feed my baby yeah. in my body. Like yeah. I just was like, I want to give it as much nutrition as possible. Next minute I'm eating like croissants and then <laughs> noodles for lunch. And like then, sobbing like, into it. Like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, but I can't yeah. help myself. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But again, I also knew enough that my baby's getting the nutrients it needs still. I'm yeah. the one suffering yeah. actually at the end of the day <laughs> for not eating maybe 
as nutrient dense, but uh, yeah, like the guilt wasn't really there around the food for me. It was just more like interesting. I'm craving. Yeah. And you didn't eat a lot, did you? You couldn't actually keep down. Yeah. So I actually lost a kilo in my first trimester, which I don't normally weigh myself. You did look pretty little. mm, Yeah. And so I think even though I wasn't eating quote unquote, like the most nutritious food, the calories were still lower than maybe ideally. Um, not like I wasn't eating at all, but my meals again, were just like noodles. What did bread. you have when we were doing a podcast? We had like a bowl oh, yeah. of cold <laughs> tofu and pesto. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It was so. <laughs> and then honestly, since eating that pesto, like it stayed in the fridge and I should just throw it out because yeah. certain foods I would eat once thinking, oh, like I can actually stomach this. Cause that's the other thing. I had aversions to like so many things. And it was frustrating because I'd be hungry, but I'd be like, I honestly can't tell you what I want. If I yeah. gave myself a world of options, I could drive myself anywhere to get whatever. I literally couldn't tell you what I wanted. You'd have a bite and then you'd be like, oh, this is not it. Oh, yeah. yeah nah, nah. And it's <laughs> but very I convenient because yeah. <laughs> I'm usually, again, I'm so structured and like intuitive, kind of intuitive and organized. And I have all my staples on hand, but I didn't want any of my staples. So then I'm like, this is just annoying. Mm. Um, but yeah. So when we were podcast recording on one of my very flat days, I think you even called me out on not <laughs> being my vibrant self. I was eating tofu, cold tofu and vegan pesto. And it was apparently good in the moment, but I don't want that pesto anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, just very bland, different, not so Mm meal-like food items, Um, sleeping a lot. But all of that's changed. So you're back to your normal ritualistic lots of food. You've gone back to boring, no more bakery visits. Yeah, (laughs) like I'm still... I'm quoting you from what you said about Ben. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, we didn't even get to a bakery. I think that was too short-lived for him. He was like, oh, please come back. I I don't want to go to the gluten-free bakery. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take me there. Um, No, but it's funny because I still really enjoy a good cup of noodles and there are gluten-free noodle cups you can get. Are you talking about like the... The fantastic brand. Yeah, right. Like you're in Australia, it's like the cheap, it's like a dollar for these cup of noodles, probably MSG and all of the things, all the flavors (laughs) that we, we love. Um, but they do have a gluten-free version. So well, he loves noodles. Like he's eating them all the time. They're like also his hangover food. He's always into the noodles and I'm never usually a noodle fan, but that's something that stuck from first trimester. And he, He's just like, I love that we're eating noodles together. Like this makes me so happy. (laughs) And even now I was just actually telling Callie when I arrived, I, the last week or so have been ravenous. I'll go from like full to starving. Like there's no in between anymore. And I'm usually a three meal a day person. And I felt like that was pretty standard. Even when I was in first trimester, Um, I was probably only eating a few times a day, but now, now it's like all like, the time, anytime. I definitely need snacks <laughs> and I'm not used to that again. So it's like, I brought some nuts with me. Like you just have to be a bit more prepared, but Ben is always snacking, always needing to eat high metabolism. And he's like, I just feel like you get me these days. <laughs> and I was like, I love how he's like <laughs> so happy. <laughs> he's got a little comment of like, yeah, oh, this is okay. Okay. 
yeah, we're still here together. <laughs> yeah. And actually we went to um, Rufus to Soul last weekend. He's like a soul techno DJ, really good music. If you haven't heard him, we bought tickets over a year ago. So obviously pre me knowing I was going to be pregnant, but it was still a really good time. And when we were driving to Brisbane and I guess to preface, I'm not a huge partier these days. I mean, obviously pre-pregnancy I'm talking about. Canada was a very, an exception, but like I probably drink max five times a year type thing. Mm -hmm. And that's how my life's been for the last, I don't know, eight years. And when we were going to Rufus, I'm like, I don't know if it's because I know I can't, but I really am craving a party. And he's like, oh my God, I feel like pregnancy's made you a normal human. (laughs) He's literally like, this is so good. Like you're eating noodles. You want to party? Like you're not so like stuck in your ways. Oh my gosh. Actually, you have a valid point. (laughs) It's really grounding me. (laughs) I need to meet this little girl. Yeah, I know. She's she's bringing it all out. Yeah. Or maybe you're already beginning to figure out who she is Mm. based on you feeling into how you're feeling. Yes. Oh, true. She's going to be a little partier. Maybe. Well, well I, mean, I mean, she has Ben's jeans. So you also did say that, you know, the first thing of you coming into the little dance party sing along. Yeah. <laughs> that was so fun. Sure. Was cranking. But that's actually, that's such a valid point. When we were at Rufus, even, and I just was like dancing, I still felt like rigid. And I'm like, I don't think, unless I'm having some drinks, that you could or let go of that, that I could just flow and let my body move without rigidity like even though I really feel like music and I was swaying and I was dancing I still felt a bit of stagnant energy I get it you know what I mean yeah totally like I can kind of relate to that pre-L I think since becoming a mother you know you always think that I'm never going to do that you know you look at some parents and you're like oh fuck that like Mm -hmm. holy shit you you get your judgment mode on Mm -hmm. then you become a mother and you're kind of like I get it Mm -hmm. I get why you know everything Mm -hmm. but you get to a point in your mothering where you're kind of like you know what I couldn't give two fucks what anyone else thinks so yeah let go of that judgment and then that judgment sort of just lets go of other things as well so then Mm -hmm. yeah that's rigidity you're kind of like fuck it so then I'm a child again yeah yeah I found the rigidity is getting less and less the older L gets as well. Mm. Oh, interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll be fun for you. Yeah. And on that note, I do notice I have been declaring some things, but I catch myself and I'm like, no, I've never experienced this before. I don't want to set those expectations of like, I'm never doing that, or this is what I'm going to be doing. Because like you said, and like all parents say, as soon as you're in the moment, that might not actually be applicable and you might do something you didn't think you'd do or whatever, Um, obviously within values. But yeah, I'm trying not to declare too much because- Can you give some examples of the things that you pulled yourself up on? Declaring? Yes. And I feel like as soon as you say the never word, guarantee it's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. So I have one. So dummies. Oh yeah. I personally just I don't like seeing them yeah and I just 
I'm trying to approach motherhood with like simplicity and trust that I will have most of the things my daughter needs, especially in the early parts of her life. And all of these consumerism pieces that we're kind of made to believe we need. So all the gadgets and all the things are just things. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to go in with like a very minimalistic mind and Ben's on the same page in the way of what we buy. Mm -hmm. Um, So a dummy to me is just like, it's just a thing. And like, it's not necessary. Yeah. Not going to have them. She's just not going to need one. Right. So maybe, yeah. And then I think about it. I'm like, well, maybe one day I will need a coping strategy and that will feel in the moment, like the best thing and the best option. And so I'm not going to say I'm never going to use one because who knows how I'm going to feel. And I, I guess it's just those things again, still having values in place and trust, but it's that letting go of expectations I think that's just been such a theme for mm-hmm. this pregnancy especially yeah. being my first one so that's an example yeah mm-hmm. fun so I guess overall I feel very much like <sighs> myself these days how's sleep sleep is good the only thing is um as I said I'm just getting really hungry more so for example this morning I woke up at four and I had to eat right away and that's just not really a thing usually for me I can usually get up slowly like wait an hour or so and have breakfast and I was like I just need some toast right now and now when I see all of the Instagram stories or memes of moms having toast in the middle of the night I'm like I get it (laughs) and so um Mm -hmm. yeah sleep overall has been good and you're back walking again were you walking yeah so first trimester I was doing I actually was at the gym sometimes even in first trimester I wouldn't say it was like anything super intense and it was not consistent like one week I might have gone twice to the gym and done a walk and the next week I might have done nothing and then the week after I might have done five walks but between like the gym and walking um I tried whenever I felt good enough to move for at least 45 minutes but very inconsistently just because of the way I felt. And now I would say I'm definitely mostly walking. I just love my walks, Mm -hmm. but I've probably been going a bit longer sometimes. Like I'll go an hour, maybe sometimes an hour and a half, even if I'm listening to a good podcast. What about moods? Have you had any like of the, I just feel like crying because... So first trimester, I had a little bit of a panic attack. I think I mentioned that in the last episode on pregnancy. That was due to being so nauseous and so hungry that the feelings were overwhelming and I couldn't get food in me fast enough. So I had a bit of a cry freak out. But since then, I mean, not really, not really. And I feel like Ben would probably think the same thing. Who knows? He might have a different opinion on it, but I feel like my moods have been pretty stable. Um, Fatigue, I should mention, actually has, so it was really good at the beginning of second trimester. And now I'm noticing I have like a max of two days where I'm feeling really good. And then if I overdo it those two days, I crash. So after last weekend, when we were obviously in engagement bliss, went to the concert, went to Brisbane um, Sunday, I came home around noon. Hey, I don't know if it's just pregnancy or 
I know I would. Yeah, true. I would be tired after that, regardless of not being pregnant. Yeah, true. (laughs) Yeah. And fair enough. I guess it's more so than I've ever experienced before though. So comparing to my usual pre-pregnant self. Yeah. um, Yeah. Like I went to sleep probably around 1 PM till four. Yeah. Had a bit of dinner and then went back to sleep for another 10 hours overnight. You know, what's kind of cool. Like as you're talking, things are sort of clicking for me kind of hindsight way. Yeah. That I can see all the preparation that your body's doing for you for what's to come. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. Mm. Like you mean, for example, needing sleep and slowing down. Not just that, but like letting go of the control. Yeah. The expectations, mm-hmm. mindset, yeah. Um, getting up at four a.m. in the morning, mm-hmm. and and I think that will fluctuate over time as well. Your energy levels, like some days when you've got a newborn, it'll be high, and then you're like, Fuck yeah, yeah that's true. And then other times it'll just be like, holy shit, I just want to stay here type thing. Like, yeah, everything's sort of all over the place. But it's kind of cool to be able to see that, like, yeah. without you having babe Earthside, mm-hmm. but it's still happening. Yeah. Like it's kind of like energetically happening for you. Yeah. Cool. It is really Really cool. cool. And I did have that kind of revelation in first trimester as well when I was like. Because ultimately you have a child. Yeah. Yeah. It's not completely developed yet, but neither is like the development of what it will be like when you have a fully developed baby in you. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So anything else? I did have a couple questions um, from people and one was around supplements. Um, if I'm taking any and I have just been taking seed probiotic, which I love in the mornings and then a prenatal. And those are the only supplements I've been taking. And I use kin fertility prenatal. I did quite a bit of research and I really mm, like I've their- seen that advertised mm. on my Instagram. Oh, no, I'm not yeah. Sure why, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's can the- you just share uh, who else you make take them? Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so he doesn't anymore, okay. but um, I did a lot of research, obviously, doing the things I do with my business on when a good time is to start taking a prenatal. And it's actually three to six months prior to wanting to conceive just to have those nutrient stores and reserves up. Obviously it's, you don't have to, but it just helps. And I also got my partner in on taking a male (laughs) prenatal prior to conception, but he, now that we've conceived, just they sit in the cupboard. I think there's a few, but I mean, it wouldn't be bad if he continued taking them. It's just like a multivitamin, but it just, and the body will absorb what it needs to exactly. and if it doesn't have it need to take any it just comes out in yeah in any way. yeah and I don't feel like nauseous on these I mean I felt nauseous in first trimester but that wasn't related to the prenatals I really have enjoyed them and yeah so those are the only supplements I've been taking however I did actually just get blood work done because my fatigue I have noticed has really ramped up and just being the person I am I want to see my levels and if my iron is looking quite low, just get on top of it now, because the last thing I'm going to want to do is get a transfusion type thing. So I'm just trying to keep on top of all my levels so that I can take action if I need to and be proactive about that stuff. So those results are pending, 
So I might be taking an iron, but I don't really take supplements unless they're necessary. I'd rather get nutrients from food. Mm -hmm. So I'm also actually this whole pregnancy. Well, I shouldn't say that this whole second trimester, I've been really trying to focus on increasing my protein Mm -hmm. because I don't focus as much on that uh, macronutrient, usually like pre-pregnancy, I still eat a pretty balanced diet, but like, it's not something I really focus on, but I'm trying for that reason. And omega threes really important. So yeah, that's my supplement regime. Very simple. I feel like I get enough vitamin D just from going outside, which is another important nutrient while pregnant. Um, and I do have a spray, but I just haven't felt the need to use it at this point. Another question I had was around like my birth plan, which I probably oh, yeah, I guess you start thinking about that now. Yeah. And like, I guess to be pretty vague about it, because I haven't really sat down and thought about the nitty gritty details is Ben and I both have decided to hire a doula. And um, I met with a couple and one had worked with a friend of ours. And I just felt really drawn to working with her. And I'd always envisioned having a doula just purely for the extra support, especially because this is our first time going through this. And I've just heard really good things about having a doula, especially because we want to go as natural as possible. So we've decided to hire her. We're going to be doing a hypnobirthing course with her as well, which I think will really help prepare us. And again, not just me, but Ben a lot for the whole birthing experience. Cause it's obviously, like I said, something we've never experienced before. And then, um, in Australia, you can go private or public. I did look into the private a couple of years ago, because I feel like when you're working in private, you're kind of made to feel like this is the superior option. I don't know if you felt that maybe you didn't feel that way. You probably didn't subscribe to that, but I just had all these people around me saying, who are you going to get for an obstetrician? And like, have you got private health if you're planning to have a baby in the next while? And I looked into it and private health to cover pregnancy, you need to pay for, for a year prior to even getting pregnant to be covered. You still have to pay out of pocket quite a big gap fee. Mm. So it doesn't even cover you for your hospital stay and your delivery. And I think if you have a cesarean section, it's even more you have to pay out of pocket. And it's like 250 a month just for the private health coverage. But then again, you're still paying so much. It, It just, I literally did sign up to get private health with pregnancy coverage. And like two days later, I just pulled out of it and yeah. they refunded me for that month because yeah. I was like, wait, do I, I actually need this? don't even think I need this. And again, it's just one of those things that people kind of instilled in me that fear or that like, you need just to do this. Yeah. Not people you allow. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Conversations. Yeah. 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 And when I kind of took a step back and allow myself to think about it, I was like, I mean, I'm from a country where we only have public health. Canada. I found the system here, even working in public a little bit was really good. And I'd heard really Especially good things. Especially on the Gold Coast as well, like having the mm-hmm. brand new facility. Yeah. The new public hospital is really beautiful. And I'd had friends go through there having babies and they had a great experience. So yeah, there is a amazing program that they don't advertise strictly because it's they so have... popular already. <laughs> and I was watching a documentary called Birth Time. Definitely recommend it, especially if you're an Aussie who's wanting to have a baby. I'll put it in the show notes below. They were saying, 8% of Australian women have access to this just strictly because of staffing and availability 
And I'm like, that is like nothing. And that's how I feel most births should be. Um, So I'll get into what it is. It's called the midwife group program. It's all covered through the public system. And it's just that continuity of care of having one midwife for your whole journey. And we see ours, I think 12 times before the actual delivery. And so she really gets to know us, our wants. They very much advocate for natural births as much as possible, but we're still in that hospital setting in case anything were to happen. And then I think for me, having that doula there as well is just another person to advocate for you. me. Yeah, essentially, because again, Ben will be there, but this is a new experience for him as well. So I think between having my personal midwife and the doula, I feel really safe and content with my decision. And it makes sense uh, as you're speaking, because I was in the home setting. So mm-hmm. I I didn't have any external distractions. Mm-hmm. So going into a hospital system, I guess, as soon as you leave home, everything's distracting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it's like, but having a doula, because once I started contracting, I was in my body, mm-hmm. like nothing else I cared for. But that was because I was in that home setting. So I didn't have any of the distractions. So someone being able to advocate for you while you're trying to remain within yourself and let your body Mm -hmm. do the things. Having someone there to be your conscious mind when you're inwards. Yeah. I can see that it'd just be such a beautiful and supporting thing. For sure. I guess in saying that for the hospital option, the way I'm going, I guess it's like the most holistic, but still being in that hospital setting. I don't have an obstetrician and I've actually learned so much working with my doula. I would say I've only met my midwife once so far, but I've learned more from my doula in meeting her once in the way of options. Because they see such a different hmm. perspective. They don't have that. I need to you know, stick within the political shit that a hospital has. 100%. They're like, I've got a much wider point of view, basically, that I can freely speak to you about. Yeah. Okay. So if you didn't know, I work in theatre as a nurse and I've seen countless stat C-sections or Caesars, as they call them in Australia, come through. And I've also seen some where moms were really not wanting a Caesar. And I actually will never forget one where she didn't actually need it. The midwives were saying like the heart rate's stabilized again. She doesn't want it. Is there any way we can just take her back to her room, see how we go and that not end up going the way that mom wants. We still went ahead with the C-section. Anyway, whatever the baby's safe. That's obviously all that matters and the mom's safe. But it's those experiences that I've been involved with that didn't feel right for me that has made me realize that I think women's voices get lost. And of course, there's, again, that fear instilled in us and authority that comes with having doctors around and nurses and the whole hospital setting. And then, of course, like you said, the hospital system has a system (laughs) and checklists and um essentially my doula was saying, you don't have to get your cord cut and tied right away. And it's actually better for the baby. I don't know how long yours was kept connected. Um, I think half an hour or something. I don't know. Yeah. The most amount of time they yeah. suggested they I got. Yeah. And I kind of had never really thought of that. Like I I'd heard of, um, you want to drain all the blood from the cord before clamping and cutting it, but she's like, there's the hospital systems version of a clear cord. And then there's like the optimal time 
And usually it's a lot longer than the hospital system allows because they want to get you through and out safely, of course, but like as quickly as possible, just to make room for everyone else who's having babies. Yeah. Um, and same with placental delivery, because I don't want the Pitocin yeah. injection. And that's the hormone they give you after you've delivered your baby to deliver placenta faster. And oftentimes they just give it to you without even asking. It's just a normal process, which is really sad because again, you should consent for everything you're receiving. Um, so that's something I've brought forward to my midwife, not wanting the Pitocin, but the doula did say to me, because you're in a hospital system and they have checklists and rules they duty have to follow, care. duty of care, a time limit for everything, you will only have up to an hour to deliver your placenta. And that's all they'll give you. That's the max they give you. So I guess that's the give and take where like, I'll wait the hour because I have that time, but I am in a system and I will have to maybe get that hormone injection if it's not coming out naturally in that time. So it's just that give and take going into the system. And I know I can't fight everything, yeah. but it's that awareness and knowing you can, you've got that as an option. You have that as an option. Cause I was thinking like, you know, there's plenty of women who will take those other options and I'm not saying that they're right or wrong. No, it sounds like you've read and been open to choosing a different path yeah to, yeah like empowering yourself not saying that other people aren't empowered yeah but there's a different level of empowerment there it's kind of like I get to choose what level of responsibility do you want to take on board basically and it's like mm-hmm. if I'm going to be responsible what do I need to know and these are the things that obviously you're allowing to hear and totally. take choices on yeah And I guess to that same point, I'm not saying like one option's wrong, one option's right. For me, because I want to do it without as many drugs as possible, I think just knowing we have choice, and that's the point I want to get across to women is it's like, if you want to get that hormone injection, if you want to get that epidural right away, you go for it. You just know you have choice. Mm -hmm. And if that's your choice and you feel good with it, then go for it type Mm -hmm. thing. Because I think a lot of us feel we don't have choice in those moments or are made to feel or take it back to the whole point of you doing your business Mm. you know yeah the first point of I've got challenges with my reproductive organs and here's the option of the pill instead of like here are your options yeah exactly yeah let's empower you with all of them yeah yeah same sort of thing but just totally in regards to pregnancy yeah that's exactly it so yeah yeah And again, things I didn't even know um, in the way of interventions that often happen as like a normal thing in the hospital that we have choice with. And even though I'm in this area of work in the way of hormones and empowering women to find out all of their choices before they make a decision, I didn't even know all my choices in this experience. Have you read any books around pregnancy? Actually haven't yet. And it's so interesting because I envisioned myself being that pregnant woman, reading all the books, just learning all the things. I've listened to tons of podcasts though. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I've been educating myself and having my do list such a good resource and my midwife as well. Yeah. I, I can text them both freely, but there is a book called the first 40 days that I think you read as well. And that's something I'm going to read and I can elaborate more on that when I do so. It's more of like the postpartum period. Yeah, um, leave that until yeah, when you yeah, want to turn into it. But th- that's the only book that I'm really called to read. The rest, I guess, is just through podcasts and my my midwife and doula at this point. But yeah. I know you have so many books that you could probably recommend for parenting. So I'm going to come to you for those. <laughs> 
at some point when I feel called to. Any other questions? I'm trying to think. I think those were the main questions. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's actually too much more to add. Overall, like I said, I'm feeling very good just listening to my body and still having some quite tired periods but having got the blood work done and stuff I'm just kind of waiting to see if I can so mitigate that a little bit I know it's just part of being pregnant as well yeah. so I guess um we were talking before that we wanted to do these little check-ins with you every nine weeks yeah I figured well the first one was after nine weeks and it's now 18 so yeah we could do at least one more, if not maybe two. I don't just because well, I have I have some more questions, but I think I'll leave them until yeah. the next one because I think it'll be more relevant. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm absolutely loving being pregnant. Um, I had a friend reach out to me after listening to my first trimester one and then what does that mean? You're loving being pregnant. I think because I'm feeling so good again, I can actually enjoy it. Maybe it's more of like an emotional love like I'm just so infatuated with this baby that I'm growing and I love holding my tummy and talking to her and I guess it's just yeah it's hard to explain (laughs) I mean you might know just from having gone through it but I guess I can say I'm really enjoying it now because I feel so good physically and mentally and emotionally and it's just cool to almost sit back within myself and be like my body's doing this thing like I can't decide what I want for dinner tonight but I'm growing a baby yeah (laughs) and how magical yeah okay yeah cool I'm just always curious Mm. about what it means to people because I don't think I ever said I'm loving being pregnant yeah okay I didn't have a bad experience but yes it was just kind of like neutral I definitely would answer that differently first trimester. I was sending my partner texts being like, what have you done to me? I'm never doing this again. (laughs) He was like, I'm going to screenshot these for when you want another one. (laughs) But yeah, no, I think it's just also the excitement of knowing what's coming and like, oh my God, we're going to be parents and like doing it with someone as well. Yeah, I don't know. As well as biologically, yeah. your your body will be pumping some oxytocin, oxytocin beginning yeah. to do that and yeah. growing a whole new body in the that little baby's experiences also now trying to expect bring forth this biological experience will yeah. got double and yeah so many other things my brain's figuring it out but yeah yeah I think one thing I guess to leave you with that I'm not loving that may surprise people is having larger boobs because I absolutely hate them yeah right (laughs) and I know they're gonna only get bigger when the milk comes in and it's not even like I'm being super active now like I said I'm just walking but I like to not wear bras I just I don't know I'm used to having smaller boobs yeah right interesting and my partner doesn't mind the bigger boobs but they're kind of painful sometimes too, I guess, as they're growing or whatever they're doing. I mean, just like, I'm not used to this. What I'm not do, what used do I do to it. And, and I think some women might be very happy to have a more bustier period of life, but I'm just not loving it. Yeah. yeah. That okay. could go. <laughs> they will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm also nervous for that because I hear they can go quite um, floppy. So I don't know. Anyway, we'll see. I mean, it is what it is. It's not like I'm stressing about it, but I have even had dreams of going and getting a breast reduction and then being like, you're pregnant. We're not operating on you right now. So clearly it's a thing for me. (laughs) You can't do them just yet. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, fine. Thank you for sharing. 
Yeah, no worries. Um, if you guys liked this episode, as always, you can like, subscribe, review, share all the things if you feel called to. And we leave all of our details in the description below if you'd ever feel inclined to reaching out to us. We Thanks will- for being here, guys. Yeah. We will chat with you on the next episode. Bye.